The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our hosts and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC friends, this is David Zatella. Boy, we're trying another Twitter experiment here. We're doing a live tweet-up. And uh, I have as my cohort on this uh, live tweet up my friend Marty Weintraub from AIMCLEAR. Marty, are you there? Hello, David. Welcome from Los Angeles International Airport. Well, welcome to you, Marty. Marty's sitting uh, probably in a strange corner of LAX right now, uh, and that's why you will hear uh, flight announcements every now and then. So we just thought we'd compound the the edgy uh, immediacy of this thing. And uh, what we want to do is ask you to tweet your questions to us right now. Uh, you can do that by sending them to me at at Satella, that's at sign S-Z as in zebra, E-T as in Tom, E-L-A. Uh, or you can just uh, send a question and use the hashtag, hash PPC Rockstars, and uh, I'm going to be using that in all my tweet responses. And Marty, you're, you're plugged into Twitter right now, right? Yeah, and I've actually got a question from a friend of ours on my Twitter account, at AimClear. Okay. It's from um, Gab okay. Goldberg. Um, Gab Goldberg, our friend and yours. AimClear, yes. have you ever bought adult traffic for a non-adult product besides dating? So first, David, why don't you explain to our listeners the sorts of rules and realities that surround adult traffic? Uh, okay, well, first I have to say, Kwadunuf uh, Gab. That's um, that's to Gap, and also um, I don't know anything about uh, the adults anything. So Marty, you're gonna have to handle that one. I'm just I'm just a you know I'm just an ex well, altar boy here. Well, I guess that's a resounding no for Gab because we don't have a client that buys adult traffic. So um, Gab, the answer is we have never bought adult traffic for a non-adult product besides dating. So there. I'm not. I'm not sure what adult traffic is in this context, but let's come back to that. First, I want to set the stage a little bit more. Um, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago at SES New York, uh, there was a session that Richard Zwicky put together called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, Black Hat, Black Hat PPC Tactics. And I gave a, uh, I gave a presentation on that. Oh, by the way, uh, Marty, Straco just said something nasty to us. Are we, are uh, we allowed to say that on the air? <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, okay, so, so Black Hat PPC says, Tactics, I was a panelist, and, uh, read it, David? Put it on, and there were some excellent panelists. Uh, let's see, there was uh, Jamie Smith from Engine Ready, there was Kevin Lee from Did It, and there was Bill Leak from Apogee. And um, for those of you who are listening and seen my tweets over the past half hour or so, I'm going to send you a, I'm going to tweet right now, uh, a link that... Uh, goes to Lisa Barone's excellent uh, summary of that session, which is on the uh, the um, very, very uh, subtle, mild, outspoken media site. 
And, right, uh, I, loved, I, I loved your breakout from that session about the difference between white, gray, and black. White, gray, and black. Lisa captured that really well. Thank you. That, and, and, Marty, that actually turned into a fun uh, conversation when I gave a similar presentation at I Am Spring Break uh, last week. Uh, I Am Spring Break, for those of you who missed it, is, uh, was, a, was the Woodstock of um, search conferences. about 300 people who are all, who are all, no, all now best friends and very well informed because it was just a, a wonderful deluge of great information plus uh, conviviality as, as, uh, as spelled A-L-C-O-H-O-L. So anyway, um, Black Hat PPC kind of breaks down to a couple categories. One of them is things that you can do to your competitors um, that is either clever or right on the border of violating the search engine's terms of service. And one of them is uh, the topic of a couple of, of uh, questions that I've gotten on just now, and that is uh, advertising uh, very pointedly against your competitor, maybe even using their name in your ads, but excluding ad service to those competitors when you know exactly where they where their headquarters are. So geotargeting around their headquarters or excluding their via their internal IP addresses. And this is uh, an interesting, I don't really know an interesting how that's done. Do you understand that? Yeah, yeah. This is an interesting tactic, David, because it's sort of like everything we've ever learned about um, reputation management in reverse. It's sort of like crap ass in reverse reputation management. We use paid search to defend when people are saying nasty things about us. So this just takes all the guerrilla tactics we learn to protect clients and turns it against other ones. So, uh, um, what, what's this IP address thing? How do we? How does a, a uh, PPC advertiser? find out the IP address of their competitors' uh, local or, um, well, their, their local IP addresses? It, it, it's, um, it's pretty easy to find, to find that out. It's pretty, hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to saddle up a link to a plugin that will do that for you, okay? Okay, yep. So continue and I'll find that. Okay. So while, while Marty's looking for that, um, another part of the Black Hat PPC uh, session was based on an article that I wrote in Search Engine Watch, and I have just tweeted the link to that article that points out that, uh, contrary to what a lot of people had assumed, it is possible to put some ASCII characters in ads that are not obtainable through the keyboard. So examples of those are uh, bullet points and arrows and uh, uh characters that look like two or even three characters, but they only take up one character space. And mm -hmm. that, that uh, article has generated a lot of interest. Um, a lot of people have asked me whether we've got some data on whether it works or not, and uh, we haven't published it yet, but I've gotten several readers writing to me saying uh, we've, we've gotten a significant increase in click-through rate, uh, mainly because the ads stand out from the competition on the page, and they're much more noticeable. And I also got a... Uh, a uh, question just a few minutes ago. Let's see. Uh, I can't find it. I'll try to find it in a second. But I, I remember what it said, and that was, uh, isn't Google going to close this loophole or the search engines? Because I think this works on uh, Microsoft and Yahoo as well. And I think it's going to be pretty difficult for the search engines to close this loophole. Because there, there are many, there are many, many um, ASCII symbols that have to be included in ads simply because they're part of the character set of non-English keyboards. 
And if you think about it, uh, since Google and the other search engines, I think, allow um, advertisers to include uh, characters like the upside-down question mark and exclamation point for the, for the Spanish language character set in U.S. ads, uh, it would be really tough for them to, um, to screen out all the other non-printable or, or character sets, that, uh, characters that cannot be obtained through the U.S. keyboard. So I don't think that loophole is going to be closed anytime soon. And, and I also haven't seen many ads that have included uh, these symbols, so I think it's going to be fair game for the people that use them for, uh, for their foreseeable future. Hey, Marty, Tell me, did you, um, David, uh, did what you characters are most effective for you? What characters are most effective? Um, but what, well, I, you know, I personally have not tested uh, in live ads a lot of the characters. Um, I'm, I'm waiting to hear what other people uh, include. I've, I've, at I Am Spring Break, I had a great time sitting down with a group of uh, attendees going through all the characters and seeing all the crazy things you can, you can include. Um, and some of my favorites are... Uh, in the article, there's the character. There's one character that that looks like N O. It's actually the character that uh, uh, displays the number sign N O, and uh, so that one uh, is one of my favorites. We found another one that is P T S. Apparently, it's the symbol for the abbreviation for points. But uh, we had fun thinking about words that end in that for, in those three letters, like the word adapts, and. Uh, if you use that symbol, you use one one character where you might, might normally be using three. So the short answer is I don't have a lot of data yet. I don't have a data about uh, which which symbols work better than others. But uh, as we get more, we've messed around with some symbolage, David. And of course, there's the non-black hat permutations that are all about service marks. Like they're incredibly powerful, and that's everything you need to know about proving characters. We've had success with the um, little asterisk over the number eight. Um, um, not being caught by Google screeners, we've um, we've messed with um, with ampersand and asterisk combinations. Like basically, when it comes to ASCII characters, just try to do something that's artful and visual, and enhances the visual effect of the ad, and then see if Google catches you. A lot of times they do, and a lot of times they don't. Well, you know, that, let me just segue into the. Uh black hat versus gray hat versus white hat controversy. I mean, I came to the conclusion at I am uh, spring break that really there's no such thing as a black hat tactic. I mean, basically, uh, there are tactics that can get an advertiser delisted, and those are probably, you know, gray at best. But they're not illegal, and there's no, uh, uh, there, there haven't been any lawsuits uh, filed as a result of any of these tactics. So I think no, basically, any tactics that uh, that pass the pass through and and cause ads to be displayed are just clever people finding uh, clever uh, ways to exploit the system legally. And uh, I guess I, I had a little caveat with uh, Todd Malakota. I said, well, maybe the black hats are the ones that only use those bad tactics, and they don't use legitimate uh, good advertising practices as well. So I'm on the I'm I'm now on the side of there's there's almost no such thing as black hat. What do you think about that, Marty? I think for sure. Okay, so tell me if you think this is black hat, right? So do you think it's black hat in any way to buy, to, to legally buy competitors' names for the purpose of being subversive? Like, like do you have an ethical problem with it, or it's just whatever, whatever you're allowed to? I mean, you, would you ever buy so you're saying, anything that was... You're saying, would you ever you're buy saying bidding. anything that was... 
You're saying bidding on competitors' names, right? Using bidding on um, keywords that your or your competitors' uh, company name or brand names associated with the competitor. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because many of them aren't service marks, so they can't really do anything to stop you from doing it. Like, do you have an ethical problem with that, or is it totally cool? I don't have an ethical problem with it at all. I mean, it's admissible uh, within all the search engine. Well, with Google search terms of service, um, you know the the uh, the competitors can protect themselves if they want to take the time and they're smart enough. Um, so, I mean, no, I, I take it back. Competitors can't protect themselves from being bid, from having their, their brand names bid on. Uh, I, I think it's a, a legitimate tactic. Um, I think even, it, even uh, putting competitor names or brand names into ad copy uh, can be a legitimate tactic. I mean, uh, it's perfectly within Google's terms of service. Uh, if the advertiser or the competitor wants to protect themselves, they can. And if they're if they're not smart enough to protect themselves, then they're probably not they're probably not protecting their copyrights or, or trademarks well anyway. So okay, I don't know. So it's a gray area, you know. I mean, I don't I don't really trust. I don't I don't um, base my actions on my opinion. So I always my company always checks with um, with our clients and, and asks what they are comfortable with. Let me um let me turn this around. Tell me tell me what people have done to your clients. Have you experienced anybody doing this sort of um um uh, in, in destructive intelligence approach against your clients ever? Well, first of all, as a matter of course, we protect our clients by filing for them uh, the trademark protection paperwork that uh, Google and Yahoo uh, allow. So that uh, my clients' competitors cannot include uh, my clients' brand names in, in advertisements. Um, okay. So, secondly, so I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I find all the time that, uh, or, or I think almost every case I can think of, uh, for my clients that are competitors bidding on their on my clients' search terms on my clients' uh, brand names. Okay, so that's the that's a very important takeaway. We do that too. Like it costs between six hundred and two thousand to protect yourself legally to where you can write the search engines a letter and say, please, whatever you don't allow against service marks, please rescind that permission to your advertisers. So yep. all you PPC practitioners out there, if you don't want to have it done to you, just go tell your client to hire a lawyer that's familiar with what types of service marks are available for your clients' categories and terms. And, like, it's really inexpensive insurance compared to the cost of a media buy and how someone could wreck your reputation completely with nefarious paperclips. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we're both we're saying the same thing. It's really up to the, yeah. uh, the if, for agencies, it's really up to the client uh, to decide how much uh, how much risk they want to bear, et cetera. Hey, Marty, hold, hold okay. on a second. We've got to break away for some special announcements from the people that keep Darren in shades. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. You're beautiful, Darren. Stay tuned, everyone. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Affiliate Convention 2009 Denver, Thursday and Friday, June 18th and 19th. Free for all affiliates and all the information you need to know to grow your business. For more information about registration and sponsorship, visit www.affiliateconvention.com. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. 
turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic Tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use EngineReady's Conversion Critic Tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Looking for a new way to build backlinks and traffic back to your website? Then look no further than the quickest and easiest way to blast your article to over 30,000 subscribers at the click of a mouse. Introducing ArticleSender.com, the world's premier article distribution service. With ArticleSender.com, you can submit your prize-winning piece to thousands of promising publishers and article directories craving for fresh content. ArticleSender.com also provides premium services so that your article is SEO, SEO ready. Plus, we provide express editorial review for rush delivery of your submissions within 24 to 48 hours. Article distribution at its easiest. One form, one click, thousands of results. Get your free account today at articlesender.com. That's article S-E-N-D-E-R.com. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. And what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, Amazon, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. Pages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. PPC Rockstar is now on iTunes. Write us a review and tell us how much you love us. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, everybody. We're back with Marty Weintraub sitting in uh, LAX somewhere. Uh, we're doing a Hello. live tweet-up, and uh, we're, we're, we're answering your questions that are coming in via tweet, Twitter. You can send them directly to me at, at Zatella, S-E-T-E-L-A, or use the hash PPC Rockstars hashtag. And Marty and I talked in a second, and we've, we've got a couple of gray, gray hat tips for you. So I'm going to run that through them very quickly. First of all, and, and by the way, I don't recommend these necessarily. Use them at your own risk. Uh, they hey, may I'm, violate your terms of service. Be aware of them so nobody does it to but, you. Uh, exactly, and, and hope that nobody does it to you. Uh, one of them is Google says you can't capitalize words in your ads, but I think that uh, that is one of the... Uh, rules that is policed unevenly. So you know that the word free is going to pull better, is going to get better click-through rate than uh, when, when it's in cap- all capital letters than when it is not. So maybe go ahead and try that. Use F-R-E-E, all capital letters in your ad, and uh, see if that is, is uh, uh, passed through or, or runs for a week or two or whatever. Another one is right, uh, 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 Google doesn't uh, want you to say best. In your ad, they they don't want you to use superlatives unless you can back up uh, the claim that you make with a uh, an impartial third party uh, endorsement on your landing page. Uh, in fact, there are many different ways to say the word best. 
there are many different superlatives that uh, are absolutely legal, uh, will we'll sail right through when you put them in your ads, and they will always work. So try different superlatives like top or leading, and, or even try best. You know, you never know whether that's going to be um, scrutinized or not. And, of course, you have, you, you have to watch it very closely, so if you're refused, you're aware of it. Here's another one. Um, Google's got pretty good catching mechanisms for trademarks, like so if somebody complains and requests that Google disallow certain behaviors surrounding your mark, um, you can usually get away with hyphenated ones, like Epson, E-P-S-O-N, or SACO, where you use all capital letters and separate them by a space. Um, we always advise our clients, to make sure they consult with counsel regarding this, because there's case law that um, that um, is even above what Google's terms of services might say. There's more and more case law. Um, but nonetheless, if you're talking about black hat tactics that people see to you, they're separating your trademark terms with um, spaces or dashes, and they're using them anyway. That's right. Good, good one, Marty. Uh, another one I've seen is that uh, sometimes advertisers sneak uh, brand names into their ads, trademark brand names, by using dynamic keyword insertion. I think that's very sneaky. I don't think anybody should do that. Um, basically, with any of these, uh, I, you can you can try. Advertisers can try just about anything, and if they pay close attention to whether the the uh, the, the experiments are being disapproved or not, then um, you know who gets hurt. I don't know exactly. Uh, let's see. How about uh, so, Marty? Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard of advertisers uh, violating rules uh, in their ads and making sure those ads only run when Mountain View is asleep? Yep, yep. I've heard of that, and I've also experienced with a client people who were buying disparaging. Um, they, they were displaying disparaging ads on non-trademark direct brand searches, and they were doing it in every state except where our client had operations. So for, this is a reputation manager's nightmare. It's a nightmare. I'm looking through the uh, the rest of the article here. It's, it was really funny at the end of the uh, at the end of the session at SES New York. I had uh, two young guys come up, you know, kind of white guys looking urban, and they kind of sidled up to me and said, "I thought you guys were going to talk about black hat stuff. This this stuff is weak. We stopped doing this years ago." So there's a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot more cleverness um, going out there that we know about. What about what about what about um, cloaking on the landing page so that Google, so that the quality score bot, when it goes and checks, sees something different than what's actually displayed to the users on the page? Have you? Seen I, that I, data? I don't think that works. I don't. I think that I've heard of that one, and I think that it is uh, it is an assumption about the landing score component of quality score that uh, takes too much for granted. I really think that the landing page uh, portion of the quality score calculation is very weak, and it doesn't doesn't drill down all the way into um, as much semantics, the semantic meaning as uh, SEO people pay attention to. That's my that's my opinion. I basically think the the uh, landing page part of the algorithm basically senses mostly the uh, load time of the landing page and maybe, you know, basically says, does this exist? Uh, is the, does the domain match? Has there been a redirect? Are there any pop-ups? And then, and then moves on. I think uh, compared, especially compared to click-through rate, uh, landing pages are a very, very small component component of quality score. What do you think about right, that? Right, right. 
Right, right. Um, have actually, I I misspoke when I said the quality score score bot. I meant showing something different to Mountain View than the rest of the world. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I misunderstood I, because I'm so naive. Sorry. Um, then, then here's a um, here's the classic black hat pay-per-click technique of all time that worked forever and still works today. And again, I'm only talking about black hat tactics in light of what you can potentially expect your competitors to do to you. We're not advocating the use of these tactics. We're just having a healthy dialogue about it. But shout accounts, where literally you've got um, drone accounts and different companies set up and addresses all over the country. Like, I, I'm personally aware of at least five search engine results for highly competitive tourism words where hotel groups have figured out how to have like seven things on the in sponsored search and that's the classic black hat pay-per-click technique of all time and people are doing it to you they are i promise they are i believe that uh another one that i'm remembering from i believe kevin lee let me see if i can dig it out here so i've got a question for you david Okay, go so ahead. Everything that we've... Look, at, if you build it, someone will spam it. So I'm not saying that people can't always figure out how to game whatever precautionary algorithm a paid search platform puts in place. But my question is, if you're Google, like you, you, don't you need to walk a line between what's excellent for your users, fair for the advertisers, and put the most money in Google's pocket? Like, um, like I... I mean, my perception is that arbitrage is once again possible and feasible because there's a lot more spammy paid searches, search results being allowed. Like, isn't part of what's allowed and part of how much we're allowed to game a function of how much money Google needs to make? Am I missing something? Well, you know, uh, that's, some, that's a, a point that a couple of the panels made, which is, you know, there's a lot of te- dynamic tension going on at uh, Google because, yeah, they want to make as much money as they can. So is it in their best interest or not to allow an advertiser to, for example, uh, advertise from three different accounts such that that, uh, there are three ads on the search results page. They all point to one advertiser through maybe different sites or or even redirects. And there wasn't a strong consensus there. I think there was – I got the sense that there were – uh, people on the panel that uh, did a lot of this stuff regularly that um, they felt was, if not uh, kind of, if Google turned a blind eye to it, blind eye to it, but uh, even sanctioned. Well, well, because Google has the information. I mean, even if you go through the shell accounts and the trouble of registering domains in different places and different credit cards and different locations, it's like. If you touch all that stuff in any single client center, I mean, I, well, anyway, I, I can't believe that um, it's, there's only a certain amount of people who are interested in advertising on Google. I mean, I know it's almost the whole world, but some commercial results, especially in smaller, like, micro niches, they're, um, I mean, Google's trying to make money here for their shareholders. So... It's always the most amazing cat and mouse game of Google or other search engines and spammers. Um, I don't believe that everything that could be prevented is being prevented. I think it's a balancing act between great results for users, fairness to advertisers, and wanting to shake us up, 
shake us upside down and take our money. Shaking us upside down and taking our money. I love that phrase. Hey, everybody, we've got a break for another important announcement from our sponsors. Please hang with us. Marty, hang in there. Are you still sitting on the floor at LAX? Yeah, it's awesome. Like, people are looking at me like I'm made of stone because I'm yelling about black hat paper <laughs> clicking in my earpiece with my black day on my oh knee my and my goodness. laptop. That's so easy to picture. We need a camera crew. Anyway, stay with us, listen to these commercials, and come right back. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles. At hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Here's your bill. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's all right. I'll take care of the tab, Jason. Well, thanks, Dave. How are you doing so well these days? It seems everyone's in a pinch for cash. RevenueWire.com, that's how. RevenueWire? Yeah, RevenueWire.com is an all-in-one platform offering affiliates high-demand software from top-notch PC utility merchants. With 75% commissions, twice-monthly payouts, incredibly accurate analytics tools, RevenueWire is making me more money today than I did in the last few years put together. Even in this economy? Especially in this economy. RevenueWire has a ton of great products to meet the demand. I'm telling you, this network is recession-proof. RevenueWire, the recession-proof network platform. For more information, visit RevenueWire.com today. That's RevenueWire.com. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you pay me. No ifs, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agree that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even from the state of the art tracking. Where did it start? You can do it a couple ways. 866-XY7-PAYS. It's toll free. Tell me what you waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. The Shoe Money Show. Ring on the bling. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We're on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. On webmasterradio.fm. Trying to crank in the cash. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC folks. Thanks for your questions. Uh, let's see. We've got one. Marty, you listening? We've got one from uh, Blazon Designs. Uh, he, he wants to know whether you found that IP sniffer tool. If you haven't found it, Marty, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll send it out to, uh, to Blazon uh, after the show. Uh, let's see. What are the repercussions of Black Hat? What happens if you if you get caught? Uh, do you get banned from Google? Do you get sued by competitors? Marty, you're, you're well qualified to lead that off. Oh, come on. I'm hurt, David. Like, we're, we're squeaky <laughs> clean. Totally. We're, like, totally squeaky clean. Um, well, we've had accounts just shut off where they were just closed. They were just closed. Like, um, Facebook, I mean, does this only have to be about Google, or can this be about other search, um, other paid search platforms? Um, both, both. In fact, I want to segue into other search platforms as well. Great. So the, the one that's quickest to shut you off is Facebook. 
And not only do they shut you off, but they do it unceremoniously with a nasty letter telling you to quit spamming their users and never come back. Like, in, when, when Facebook shuts you off, they send you a note that says, quit abusing our users. I'll have to find a copy of that. Um, sometimes it's when you're not even trying to do anything that, um, that's naughty, like at all, their hair trigger and their mean when they shut you off. So have you ever had um, a, main, a mainstream search engine account shut off, David, or know about it? Uh, I have never had any of our clients shut off. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, we've been a little tongue-in-cheek on this stuff, but we really haven't, my company really hasn't used, uh, you know, the, the most grievous of the things we're talking about here. So I don't know. You know, Bla uh, Mark Reynolds is Blazing Designs. He asked... Uh, you know, what, what's the likelihood that you're going to run into trouble? I think the likelihood is pretty low, but I'm not a lawyer. And, uh, right. you know, I have, I've seen very few cases and heard of very few cases where an advertiser was just shut down by Google. And I've also seen very few cases that an advertiser got, got in trouble with, with a competitor. Uh, you know, basically the worst I've seen is, and, and I've advised my own clients this, basically send some nasty letters around between lawyers, and, and usually that, that settles a, a contentious situation. What do you think? Okay, so, so I've seen some pretty ugly stuff along those lines. First, the, the question for the listener, um, the answer is usually what happens is they disallow the ad or they disallow the tactic, they disallow this, they disallow that. However, um, the seriousness of trademark and other service mark um, violations transcend Google terms of services and cross over into definite liability for your company. And that's getting that's getting more intense as as Google and other search engines have been around longer, the body of case law is piling up as well. So if you're gonna do anything, don't base it on your understanding of Google terms of services. Talk to your lawyer about it and find out if they have a comfort level. The ramifications of violating tactical Google issues means usually that your um, your ad isn't allowed or your keyword isn't allowed. The potential ramifications of messing with people's trademarks could ruin your company. Yeah, it's not an insignificant risk. Uh, okay, so, so I just posted, that, I knew, I I just posted you, a link, sorry, David. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 just, I reposted that link, Marty. I already did right. that. Okay, um, so I have another question here about alternative uh, engines or venues for pay-per-click advertising. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your experience with Facebook? Facebook is awesome. Like, it's, it's just adding, I won't quote statistics even though I think I know it, but it's just a major force in modern civilization. And whereas Facebook always had a, um, uh, a vibe about it that was younger, that's becoming less and less the case. All you need to do is check and see how many 31 to 45-year-olds are interested in Las Vegas travel on Facebook, and you'll see what I mean. With Facebook, as with the new Google technology coming down the pipe, you, you target people based on what they're interested in, based on their behavior. In Facebook, if you're marketing a recording school, you don't market to music recording college. You market to kids in California who like to play guitar in a band, right? Right. It's pretty so awesome. What, uh, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you're all familiar with the difference between interrupt marketing and um, search marketing, right? Classic search marketing, somebody asks a question. 
Um, they go, I'm looking for this, and you respond to that. It's a question, a query. Interrupt marketing is when you're driving up the freeway to Duluth, Minnesota, and there's a sign that says Duluth Hotel. It's really great. So on the Internet, with social page search, what's happening is that interrupt marketing, where nobody asks a question, but they walk by an ad that's unbelievably targeted. And David, um, at Straco told me that whereas Facebook has always targeted geographically by where people say they are in their profiles, that now it's turned into a combination of geolocation and what, what, where you stay in your profile and what you're interested in. So now Facebook seems to know if you're traveling to Santa Monica but you're from Minnesota, that you might like to get that fish while you're out in Santa Monica because you say you like to eat fish. Gotcha. Hey, uh, Straco, I wanted to pass on one last uh, um, grayish, blackish uh, tip, and that is uh, from, from a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, and that is uh, you take a competitive, very competitive uh, keyword or search term like uh, uh, low mortgage rates, and you advertise, you bid on that search term in a campaign that is directed exclusively to some tiny Pacific island where there are no other advertisers uh, using that keyword, bidding on that keyword. So you end up getting fantastic quality score because your click rate is pretty good. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then you, once, once you have accumulated good quality score for that keyword, you move it into your U.S. campaign, and it brings along with it the quality score love juice. But I would never do that, that's a, Marty. That's just great. That's just great. That's just an awesome thing. Um, here, I got a question for you, David, that a client asked okay. me today. I know what my answer was for it. So when you open a new pay-per-click account and your quality score is set at default starting point, would you ever go through and from different locations have people click on the ads to start buying your way into the auction quicker? Uh, I didn't quite follow that. Could you repeat it? So when you, when you purchase long-tail keywords... That, that aren't going to have a lot of impressions or any keywords. I'm asking if you seed new pay-per-click campaigns by making sure that they get clicked on. Like, do you ever click to get, do you ever, do you ever like go to, like for instance, it's possible to run a server control panel that handles servers all over the country, like at Media Temple or Bluehost or wherever you can have data farms and you can run browsers from those servers. So you could do clicks that Google won't think is fraud, right? So my question is, is would you ever seed the click-through percentage quality score by clicking on ads, on your own ads, just so that you start the thing? Because essentially you're just buying your way into the auction, right? Yeah, okay. So um, I have never clicked on one of my clients' ads or encouraged them to click on their own ads uh, you know, I, I, I'm not even kidding. It never even occurred to me. Um, well, here's how we deal with. Uh, I mean, think about it, David. The, um, the knowledge a very, a very uh, issue, and that is at the beginning of a, a new account, not a new campaign, but a new account. Uh, very right. frequently, the long tail terms uh, cause damage because Google doesn't have any history, any click through history, so they assume that the click through. Uh, starting point should be very low, and that's frequently the cause of um, 
problems with quality score and high bid prices in a new account. I'm, I'm posting right now a link to an article that I wrote about it. And basically, the way we deal with that is with a new account, we, we don't turn on the long tail terms uh, right away. We um, turn on the, the ad groups whose search volume will be high with keywords that we know Google, where we know Google has uh, click-through rate history for the keywords. Um, so we don't get on things, things like brand names that uh, get a very low search volume or um, uh, long tail terms to get a low search volume for which Google is not likely to have click-through history. And that way we start out with the best possible account quality score, which means that over time when we turn on the more obscure terms, they won't be dinged by the overall negative qual- account quality score. Does that make sense? So my question, my question is, especially if some of these longer tail terms were not very contested and less expensive, why wouldn't you just go click on them or ask your friends to? Why wouldn't that? Why wouldn't that help? I mean, if I don't know. I, I, I think it would help. Quality score, right? Yeah, I guess it would help. I'll have to try it. it. Uh, anybody out it there want to want to tweet to us whether they've tried that before? Like uh, my friend up in Boston, Jeff. You ever tried that before? Um, we've tried it before as standard course on new accounts when we roll out the long tail. And uh-huh. I'll, I'll share data with you when we collate it, but it does seem to help. We'll probably hear from Google now that it doesn't help because they don't want people doing that. But on the other hand, why wouldn't they? Isn't, isn't that just writing a check to improve your quality score? Um, yeah, I can see how you would look at it that way. That's, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, I'm not even sure I would consider that to be an ethical breach. It's really just uh, uh, accelerating a process that should happen uh, anyway, and if you didn't deserve it in the long run, you'd lose money in the long run, right? Okay, so he, yes, yeah, so here's where that crosses over into gray hat tactics, all right? There's, um, I, well, I, I, I can't betray anything, but there's plenty of companies who find great reasons to buy tens of thousands of people's direct direct brand search business things to sell them like marketing services. So you're buying really long tail things like plumbers in Iowa, the name of their company. So nobody hardly searches for them, but when they do, so I mean, there's different ways to do it. One of them is to have like um, uh, 700 people sit in the room and click on 25,000 words from different servers around the country. The other way to do it, well, there's other ways to do it, but um, I, I would just suggest that it's, it, definitely it should be tested, but that's our that's our idea. Like we don't like any zero percent quality scores. We'd rather there be two searches forever, and we made sure it was fifty percent. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I hate zero percent quality scores. That really sucks. Okay, Marty, we've got I think what do we have? Three more minutes left. Let's see. Yeah, four minutes left. So, Marty, uh, let's close with uh, a couple of tips that are outside of the black hat realm that uh, you and I know about. I'm going to—I'll go first, if you don't mind. Okay, go ahead. And this came—this yeah, came out of this was part of the black hat uh, uh, session at SES, but it is definitely not black hat. It's just a loophole that is wide open for advertisers right now, and it's going to be closed soon. And it relates to audio ads. It turns out that. Um, Every AdWords advertiser has access to absolutely free 
uh, 1-800 numbers, toll-free numbers that they can use any way they want. And the way you do this is you pretend that you're starting up an audio ad campaign, and uh, I don't know the exact clicks, but it's just very straightforward. You're asked uh, whether you want to have some toll-free numbers in order to track your audio uh, results. And basically you type in a real um, phone number, your, your local number, and uh, Google assigns after a day or two a 1-800 number. And you can get, as far as I can tell, an unlimited number of these. Uh, we actually tested using these toll-free numbers in PPC ads, both search and uh, content, and got some really interesting results. But the, the, the bottom line is that the responses we got to those ads uh, were not clicks, they were phone calls, and they cost my clients zero. Get that, Marty? Oh, yeah, this is going. Yeah, this is going away, by the way, because Google's backing out of the audio ad market. So that's that's why we decided to go public with it. Right, right. I was wondering why you're. I, I knew that they were eliminating it, and I wondered why you're talking about it. That's um, that's that's cool. That's very cool. Okay, so you give you give one up. Um, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of one that I could actually say on the air. Talk for one second, and I'll be ready in a second, David. All right. All right. We're, we're getting to the close anyway. So uh, first thing I want to say is thank you to all our Twitter friends. Um, we'll do this again soon. Secondly, uh, we've got a, a hugely special show coming up next week. We're going to have a live interview with Guy Kawasaki. And uh, some of you know that he gave a keynote presentation at SES New York um, just uh, three, three or four weeks ago, and basically his intent was to say, here are all the things I do on Twitter to help uh, gain prominence for me and my company, and uh, I, I, Guy Kawasaki, believe these are legitimate uh, marketing tactics, and I just want to share them with you. And he was quite surprised at the negative uh, feedback he got from that presentation from people within the within inside and outside the search industry who basically said, you know, at the very least, you're you're an, you're an evil spammer, and at worst, you're a black cat uh, Twitter user. Uh, so, so tune in, come on tune the show uh, live next week, 4 p.m. Eastern time, and the main topic will be uh, him him defending himself against the criticism that he got uh, as a result of his SES New York presentation. And there will be a live Twitter feed, so he's going to be seeing, and I'm going to be seeing, uh, and hopefully having some some interplay with the uh, tweets from all the people in, in Twitterville. Okay, David, so here's my tip. It's something that we've heard before, but I can't underestimate the effectiveness of it. Can't overestimate yep. the effectiveness of it. Treat the, um, treat the display URL and the directories that you use after it as a serious branding topic. If you want to cross into gray or um, black, that's a place where you can, if you were that, that type of use trademarks or terms that were out, other than other than that, think of that slash whatever as a serious branding opportunity and do multivariate testing on different approaches to capitalization and the words you choose because you can get away with almost anything in that space. Oh, my God. That's a good one. Well, Marty, thanks a lot for uh, coming on in the uh, interesting and possibly uncomfortable circumstances you're in right now. Um, yes, I look forward to... I look forward to the next time we're together and being in a nice, quiet, padded room. And that might be at SMX Advance, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Advance. It's yeah, going to be too. an awesome show. Totally. 
So, listeners, thanks for staying with us. Uh, we're going to leave you with uh, this song. I think it's playing right now, which is, uh, I think it's called Miami Blues. It was recorded live at IM uh, Internet Marketing Spring Break. And uh, the lead guitarist is uh, one of your favorite uh, Webmaster Radio hosts. Come back next week for Guy Kawasaki. See ya. Raven SEO Tools, baby. Something or other. <laughs> <laughs>